Hello and welcome to the D2C podcast. For this week's bonus episode, we're chatting with Adrian Evans, Senior Manager of Retention and Customer Strategy at The Farmer's Dog, as well as Simon Data's Director of Client Support, Brianna Stewart. Simon Data is a customer data platform, or CDP, that helps DTC brands unlock the power of their customer data. And The Farmer's Dog is one of the world's fastest growing pet food companies who happens to use Simon as their CDP, as well as their email service provider. This podcast dives deep with specific examples about how knowing more more about your customers and acting on that data can help you sell more product. You're going to hear why most dog food isn't even allowed to be considered food, why the farmer's dog focused on finding a CDP before choosing an ESP, how the farmer's dog found its most valuable customer avatars and what exactly they did to extract maximum sales, as well as why first party data is absolutely essential in the cookie apocalypse. I hope you enjoy it on the show. What is the problem you're trying to solve? Are you having trouble messaging your customers at the right moments? Are you having trouble marrying all the data that you know about your customers or that you're capturing somewhere? What does your current workflow look like to get a campaign off the ground? Is there a lot of back and forth between internal teams to get that audience size right? Whereas in Simon, marketers have that data in their hands and can iterate on those audiences and personalize on their own. That's why I think our portfolio has really evolved to working with brands across industries because everyone kind of has that problem. You hear so many messages throughout the day. How do we get you the messages that are relevant and important to you? Hello and welcome to the D2C podcast. Adrian, could you start me off by telling me what's the why for your brand? Yeah, absolutely. So in 2014, uh, one of our founders, Brett, he adopted a, a Rottweiler named Jada. And for the first like two years of Jada's life, she was just literally always sick. I won't get into the details because it's kind of gross. Um, but, you know, it was just like, imagine like they would leave the apartment and roll up the carpet before they left kind of sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of led him down this path of like asking, like, why is Jada getting so sick? And the thing every vet he went to was like, change your food, change your food. And nothing was helping. He had like a closet full of every single sort of premium kibble you could possibly imagine. Um, Until one day he just tried cooking essentially like home cooked food for Jada, just fresh food. And it was, you know, a near miracle transformation over the next month. She was a completely different dog, stopped having any symptoms, um, just totally turned around, better energy, better coat, better everything. And so that kind of led both of our founders down this path of like, what even is commercial pet food? Why is it called food? But it looks like these brown balls that you never really think about when you do think about it is kind of shocking. Um, and that led to the foundation of the farmer's dog. It was really just the brand that didn't exist at the time that our two founders wanted for their own dogs. I've always wondered why dog food is in like the cleaning products aisle in the grocery store. Yeah, that's um, I'm not the best person to ask about all the like literal laws and regulations, but that's because it legally can't be stored next to human food because it's not a food grade product. Um, and it could never be sold as anything construed as even close to human food. So it has to be kept where all of the nasty chemicals that you don't want touching your human food are stored. That is uh, the dark secret of of pet food. It's funny. I Yeah, I just feed, I feed my dog, I think, pet food kibble and uh, pet food schlop, a combination of both. But it's definitely not something I, I don't know that he enjoys. It. I, and I, I feel like that's that's the thing you want most from your dog food is to know that your dogs really enjoy it because you want to like you, you live vicariously through your pets in some ways, like whether you're watching them fetch or swim or do whatever. So you just want them to enjoy their food a little bit more. So I can understand that impulse greatly. Is that first of all, do dogs love the taste? 
They do. Yeah. And I mean, it, you know, it's really obviously important that your dog is happy eating the food and we all like dinner time routines are so fun, right? Cause you do get so excited watching your dog eat. Like it's kind of insane if you think about it. Um, but one of the things we always talk about is healthier, not just happier. Um, and the commercial pet food industry has actually like, they're brilliant marketers to be fair, like as a marketing case study, what they've been able to do in terms of educating the broader us population that the best possible thing you could feed your dog are these like brown pellets is like truly it should be taught in like every university marketing class. Um, we just foundation to believe that it's misleading and that there's a better option to feed your pets. And so it's great that dogs are super, super happy and they like our food more, but more importantly is that they're healthier, not just happier. So when you decided you needed to build out this company and you were deciding on your ESP, your, 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 your data platform, what made you kind of gravitate to Simon data? Yeah, so I think that also is kind of rooted in the brand story is one of the other things that we and that our founders and kind of like everyone at the company finds really frustrating about the commercial pet food industry is they're like incredibly vague. Um, like the number of calories a dog eats a day is so, so critical to their long term health and wellness. Like you take a 10 pound chihuahua, if you're off by 20%, that dog's going to be overweight for its entire life. And obesity is one of the largest problems plaguing dogs today. Because people overfeed dogs quite a bit. Yeah, even more than humans. Um, like 60 to 70% of dogs in the US are obese. Um, and so for us, this idea of like really accurate portions and really, really good recommendations in terms of how to take care of your dog were sort of table stakes. That was always like, we make a food product, but we want to make it easier to care for your pet. And so that came back to sort of being able to surface really, really good recommendations and really, really relevant information. And so when we sort of went out with this whole question of like, how do we communicate all this really important knowledge to customers? We were looking for solutions that allowed us to use sort of all of the data that we take in as part of you being a customer at the farmer's dog and to leverage that in a channel agnostic way across whether that's email, whether that's push, whether that's SMS, whether that's in kind of any channel we could envision that might not even exist today or certainly didn't exist in 2015, just leveraging that kind of relevant personalization and segmentation. And so that's where we came to Simon Data. They really unlocked a lot for us in terms of we just plugged in all of our different data sources, which for us are a couple different database connectors um, and kind of an event infrastructure. And that powers all of our customer communication across every life phase of customer, every life phase of dog and every channel. I want to get into some specific examples of like how you're actually differentiating these audiences and messaging them differently. But Brianna, just to bring you into the conversation a little bit, what, what do you see as the difference between customer data platforms, CDPs and ESPs? Yeah, I think the way to think about it, right, is a customer data platform is just that, right? Putting the customer first, creating one view of your customer from all of these different data sources that Adrian mentioned. So if you have a point of sale system and maybe a support desk and your website traffic all not speaking to each other, the great thing about Simon as a CDP is that you can get all of that data about each customer into one place, have one unified view of that customer, and then, like Adrian said, kind of orchestrate, how do we want to use that data to speak to them? And how do we want to use that data to personalize how we are speaking to them rather than sending a generic message um, based on whatever life cycle moment exists? I love it. From an agency perspective, we're always talking about now this ecosystem ROAS and this way of sort of, you know, with the challenges that we're seeing on the data side of, of iOS, essentially, you have to telescope up and take a higher view of all of your data holistically. And I imagine CDPs are pretty valuable in that endeavor when you've got all these different signals, all these different touch points. Yeah, it's like the great thing about having all of the customer data in one place is 
there's so much more than just one metric, like an email open, right? Uh, when we kind of think about how to create a segment of your top customers or what are our highest LTV customers, very often the email engagement doesn't even tell that much of a story. So having all of the data across all of those sources in one place to look at your customers holistically, like really changes the game in terms of how you think about audiences and segmentation. Adrian, can you give us some specific examples of like implementations that move the needle for you? Um, yeah, absolutely. So I think one that's big for us is just, um, right, like when you sign on to a new subscription service and you make a big change with what you were feeding to what you are now feeding, you just need very different information based on how long you've been a customer. Um, and so one of the very early use cases we had for Simon was the early sort of transactional comms. Think like your order's on the way, your order's been delivered, um, you have another order on the way. Those for us are completely different based on if you've been a customer for one week versus five years. At five years, you need very, very different information. You're already in the routine versus, you know, in your first week, you need the, okay, like this is how you literally take the packs out of the box. This is how you open them. This is how you feed your dog. Um, and then we kind of have just iterated on that over time. So it gets more and more specific. So if you're a brand new customer that has a puppy, you have a total different sort of first 30 days than someone who is a brand new customer and has an older dog that's really, really picky without teeth. <laughs> um, genuine actual example where we surface different tips for dogs that don't have teeth. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of like just one example of how we take this thing that I think isn't necessarily that groundbreaking of segmenting by tenure, but then Simon allows us to add all of these layers on top of that of also these are the dogs in your household. And also this is sort of the region you live in and everything beyond that. Now, do you get that data just from purchase data or do you have stuff that's top of funnel where you're gathering data, you know, building profiles for people even before they purchase? Yeah. So kind of back to my earlier point about for us, giving someone the right portion recommendation is huge. And so to give the right portion recommendation, we have to gather quite a bit of data about your dogs first. Um, it's also sort of a win-win because people love talking about their dogs. <laughs> so, you know, we collect somewhere like, let's say, 20 to 30 data points about your dog to inform how many calories to feed them. That's the main purpose. And it just happens from there that also allows us to use that information um, kind of in combination to surface other relevant recommendations. Like if you have a picky eater, we have different recommendations. You have a really big dog versus a really small dog, that kind of stuff. So it's pre-purchase and then post-purchase. That's when we layer on things like how often you're ordering, how much you feed a day, et cetera. And is this just in a custom web app? Are you using anything external to take in the data or just something you guys have built? Yeah, so we're pretty much entirely homegrown. Actually, Simon is one of the only things that we've invested in that isn't homegrown. So we don't use a Shopify. We don't use kind of any out-of-the-box e-commerce platform. Um, that's all entirely homegrown. And then Simon is, it's literally one of the only tools we use that's um, not homegrown. Well, that's quite a testament right there. We kind of looked at what Simon could do and we're like, should we build that? And we're like, no, that's like 10 years and they do it way better than we ever could. So we, we decided to invest in Simon instead. I was just going to add also to, to your question on um, customers pre-purchase or our prospects, right, of people we want to convert to customers. Um, I think Adrian's team also had a really great use case where they captured some leads that hadn't even filled out that survey yet about their dog to to show their interest in a trial or a subscription um, where we were able to, at Simon, kind of get uh, webhooks of those leads of people that are giving Farmer's Dog their email address, but not any other information, so that then we could take action on who those folks are and maybe why they didn't proceed further down the funnel um, to start a subscription. 
Yeah, another good one. And that's a cool case too, because we do a lot of that with like off, like with landing pages that are necessary off of our core platform. And so I think at other companies, that would have been an absolutely nightmare to set up the webhooks. But because Simon's so flexible, it was like an afternoon of work. <laughs> I'm just trying to envision your messaging tree and what this must look like with all the different variables you have. Is this all um, orchestrated through a lot of automations, uh, a lot of campaigns, a lot of both? How, how does that, what, how does the, the tree look? Yeah, once you let's say like we, we call it lead generation. Once you very first give us your email address, um, about 80% of people, like the, the vast majority of that's all automated. So, right. Like our, we don't have a cart. So a cart abandonment campaign is like kind of weird to talk about, but our version of a cart, cart abandonments, all abandoned, uh, all automated, excuse me. And then once you become a customer, the vast majority of your life cycle is entirely automated. So that's like everything from transactional communications that I alluded to, but also sort of milestone celebrations like your dog just turned a year old how cool is that like puppyhood is such an amazing phase and you know their portions so you know how quickly they're going through their food generally yeah that that's huge for us right like we we're different than other subscription services in the sense that the concept of replenishment for us is entirely based on consumption um, whereas a lot are sort of like we have this product that we want to ship you monthly um, ours is sort of like we want to ship this on a cadence that makes sense for how fast your dog consumes food um, so we have customers, they get boxes as short as every single week because they have like really big dogs or as infrequent as every 10 weeks because they have smaller dogs. And so that whole, right, that'd be, I think, literally impossible to manage in an ad hoc fashion. And so that's all done through automation. And then uh, we like to think about what like ad hoc communications can we thoughtfully layer on top that become additive to the experience that we have through automation. Yeah. And I think one other thing I can add there too is I know it sounds a little bit overwhelming when Adrian describes some of the personalization, right? And <laughs> how do we treat this type of dog versus this bigger dog? Um, and I think the great thing about the way that Farmer's Dog has thought about using Simon's product there is we may have one segment, regardless of the type of dog, right? Of like, this is the moment for this dog and who we want, what we want to reach out and say to them. But let's personalize that based on what we know about them. And so the personalization component does happen in Simon, but we can think of it outside of the audience building, right? We don't have to build a separate segment for each type of dog. We can think about how do we personalize this particular email template or this particular SMS message based on what we know about this dog so that the message we're sending is super personalized and relevant to them. Yeah, that meeting people where they are uh, is obviously critical now more than ever. Uh, and I was wanted to ask you another question, Brianna, just about, this is not something I've actually talked about on the podcast yet, but it's this upcoming death of third-party cookies. Can you sort of set the stage a little bit for the listeners about like what's happening and what's becoming even you know more critically important in light of it? Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm probably not an expert here, but I think one thing that I hear a lot about from our customers is just a little bit of anxiety of what is going to happen and how is this going to change who I can message and when I can message them and how much I know about them. Um, and I think this kind of brings me back to my earlier point, right, of there's a lot that we can find out about customers or know about our customers, um, even if we're missing a particular element about them. And while I'm sure when, when third-party cookies go away, it will change a lot in terms of how we think about data, um, I think the great thing about having a CDP like Simon is we have a lot of data, and that's not going to be the only relevant data point that we capture, right? I know it, it will be a really big deal for a lot of brands, um, but I think that's the one thing that I, I keep in the back of my mind of there's a lot of data out there and third-party cookies is not the only way that we can get it. 
I wanted to ask uh, Adrian if you had any anything specifically related to to, to how you're leveraging data uh, in Q4, specifically around upcoming Black Friday, Cyber Monday promotions. That's an interesting one, um, and I don't want to say a hot topic, but a, a good one, right? Um, so we've actually pretty much decided to take a little bit of a different approach yet that I don't feel like I can spoil quite yet, but we're going to take like a very different approach to sort of Q4 this year um, in the sense that we just think with everything in supply chain land and also just like year two basically of pandemic, um, we're just going to focus on basically delivering value to our customers. And so I think that comes back to a lot of what I've talked about of, you know, really for us, especially that, you know, we believe we have a great responsibility and that, you know, when someone signs up for our food, they're potentially a customer for 15, 20 years if we do our job right and help their dog live longer, healthier life. Um, and so we're kind of thinking through ways like we do have this really rich information about our customers that, you know, we can really help meet their needs during the holiday season. And so we're we're exploring options kind of in that realm that are a little bit outside of your sort of more classic deep discounting Black Friday, Cyber Monday. At D2C, we're doing a reverse Black Friday sale where the price of our product goes up as you approach Black Friday, Cyber Monday. I don't know if, if it's been done, but we're pioneering it. I love that. <laughs> what else? Is there anything else here in the D2, in the ESP CDC? Like, I, I know, Brianna, that Simon Data is making a bit of a pivot, you know, from just being thought of as uh, a CDP to also being an ESP. Um, can you talk a little bit about that transition? I, I guess you've probably always had ESP capabilities probably from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So what how this has kind of evolved is really thinking about the workflow of our the teams that are using Simon um, and how can we continue to make that workflow easier, right? Our CDP is great because we bring all that data into one place. So you're logging into one platform rather than going to a bunch of data teams or querying a bunch of databases. Um, but then also there's that orchestration component, right, of you want to have your email strategy tied to your SMS strategy, tied to your push strategy, right? And not have all of those channels living in a silo. And so as we started to talk to teams about some of their pain points with email and email service providers, a lot of it was around just workflow and, and some visibility as to once I do this in Simon, what happens once I push this downstream to the ESP? Or what is that email template that I'm sending out? And how does this personalization that I set up in Simon flow to that email template. Um, so really we we did a lot of had a lot of thought here around investing in making that workflow easier, um, having our own template builder within Simon that is attached to our Simon Mail ESP product. So now our Simon Mail customers have that ESP component directly in our platform. Um, so we can still integrate with their push provider or SMS provider or whatever channel we want to orchestrate with um, outside of email. But we found that because email is such an important channel to so many of our customers, we really wanted to invest in making that workflow seamless. And especially from a, a personalization component, right? Because folks are using so much of the data that lives in Simon to personalize those email templates, really having that template builder directly in our product was a game changer. Any final words there, Adrian, on on people, uh, you know, thinking about their product data and what they should be doing with it, their customer data, rather? Yeah, I, I don't know. I always find the CDP space very interesting, right? Because I think you can like really quickly jump into the weeds of like, okay, like what's the like technical infrastructure? Like, does this connector work? And like jump into like the what does Simon do versus another platform versus like what is our ESP thing? And I think one of the things that's been I think good for us at the farmer's dog and that I actually really, really valued since like day one talking to Simon is that it wasn't this like focus on like, okay, what does the product does? It was like, what value can we bring to your customers at the end of the day? 
And so that's where like, I find that the space gets a lot less confusing and the kind of decisions, you know, as a marketer become more straightforward. When you say like, how do I provide value? Let's start with that conversation. It gets a lot easier of like, what tools do I need to do that? What data sources do I need? What data sources do we not need? <laughs> what data do we not need to be collecting <laughs> third-party cookies? Um, you know, to ultimately, right, deliver value. That's like the, the base of what has been successful in marketing since forever. Um, and that part hasn't changed. And so that, that's like, I guess, the, the last bit for me is that's where really Simon has been an amazing partner outside of the technical stuff. Like, they just are as obsessed with we are as helping dogs live longer, healthier lives. As my dog cries next to me, I don't know if she's picking up, but <laughs> are we all dog owners here? I am. Um, the sad thing is I'm, I'm allergic to dogs, but the farmer's dog office is still one of my favorite places to visit. I will gladly be sneezy all day if I can hang out with Emmy. Uh, and I should have worn my should have worn my dog person sweatshirt today. Oh, yeah, that's a miss. We could have been twinning. <laughs> I, I just wanted to add to like what what's is Simon Data a product that that's sort of good for all industries? Are there specific industries that benefit more? Are there specific categories of, of uh, maturities of businesses or complexities of businesses that are most suited for it? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, when I think about our customer base, we really started out working with a lot of DTC customers like the farmer's dog. And as our product has matured and evolved, we really have such a diverse uh, portfolio of customers that we work with from finance, from travel and hospitality, from health and wellness also DTC customers still, very many of them. But really, like I said, the way to think about it is what is the problem you're trying to solve, right? Are you having trouble messaging your customers at the right moments? Are you having trouble marrying all the data that you know about your customers or that you're capturing somewhere uh, to be able to message them? And I, th I think the other thing that I always like to think about, right, is like, what does your current workflow look like to get a campaign off the ground, right? Uh, is there a lot of back and forth between internal teams to get that audience size right? Uh, whereas in Simon, marketers have that data in their hands and can iterate on those audiences and personalize on their own. So that's that's why I think our, our portfolio has really evolved to working with brands across industries um, because everyone kind of has that problem, right? You hear so many messages throughout the day. How do we get you the messages that are relevant and uh, important to you? So I, I don't know if we talked about this actually before, Brianna, but it's really interesting because we were we invested in Simon early. Like I think the farmer's dog was 30 employees, maybe. Um, and the CRM team, CRM team, let's call, was one person. <laughs> um, and it's been amazing that it's like scaled with us to the point where we have this really cool thing when we go out and recruit like CRM marketers, even like marketers in general, we're like, we already have the stack sorted, like all of your wildest dreams that you've wished you could do at every company like exist here. And so even beyond like the value we can provide to our customers, it's been a really cool recruiting tool for us, to be honest, because people are like, oh, my God, they've already got this scalable solution that's going to like let me do unlimited levels of segmentation and personalization at scale. So that's that's been really cool. That's been like a pleasant surprise that we didn't know when we got on board. But here we are three years in. So, yeah, it is really great, like as a marketer, not to be held back by the tools that are available to you to have a fully <laughs> functional sandbox that you can just kind of go in and build with yeah. without having to zap everything together all the time. Potentially, No more CSV uploads. That was the bane of my existence for the first six months of the farmer's dog. I want to thank you both for coming on the D2C podcast today. Uh, if people want to know more about f uh, amazing and, and healthful and actually f categorized as food for their dogs, uh, they should go to thefarmersdog.com, I imagine. Yeah, you can do forward slash TFDXAdrian um, and you'll get a, a, nice little, a nice little surprise too. <laughs> 
Oh, fantastic. And then for Simon Data, it's just simondata.com. Anything anything special going on uh, this year for, for Q4 at Simon Data? Um, well, I'm sure once this podcast is out, it will be a little late, but we do have um, a launch webcast happening this Thursday on November 4th. So I'm kind of giving away when we're recording, but um, I'm sure that that will be available on our website after the fact, um, really showcasing the newest and greatest parts of our product that we've been working on uh, and really excited about. So cheers. Well, enjoy the rest of your day and thanks for coming on. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. If you're ready to access the proven performance marketing blueprint that scales your brand post iOS 14.5, if you're looking for the Facebook marketing system that's driven over $50 million in value for Pilot House's clients in just the last six months, then you are looking for Scale School, Facebook and Instagram ads made by D2C in partnership with Pilot House. You can go to d2cnews.link slash scale school right now to access the course for a discount this week only. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.